chance. Yenmark down the middle, scores! Matias Yenmark, short-handed goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lvsportsnetwork.com. Puck comes out high. Watt gets the puck off to the races. Into the zone. The righty. Right circle. Backhander. He scores! What a move! Nicholas Watt gets the Knights back in the lead. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team. Exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Woo! I'll tell you this, uh, if the Vegas Golden Knights are going to miss the Stanley Cup playoffs, then the National Hockey League is looking at the best other case scenario. Because they have really fallen into a wild situation with the Final Four. We're going to get into that. We're one hour away from the start of the Western Conference Final. Edmonton and Colorado. New York Rangers and Tampa Bay will get at it tomorrow night. And you got some marquee storylines uh, to come. We'll also tell you what Jordan Bennington had to say regarding that water bottle incident with Nazem Kadri that Kadri revealed live on the air with TNT. And we've also got our play of the day, uh, one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. And the coaching search continues for almost a third of the National Hockey League. And I see that because we've got multiple openings. But then I'm also told that there's teams out there with head coaches currently in place, guys, that are making Mm -hmm. inquiries about coaches that are on the market. So we may have more than the Vegas, Detroit's, the Winnipeg's, uh, uh, Philadelphia's uh, right now, and then the teams that still have to make decisions uh, on the uh, the coaching front as well. There was a report, Ryan, uh, from Emily Mm -hmm. Kaplan, and I'm not even sure whether it was a report or whether she threw it Mm -hmm. out there just in passing, dropped it, meant it to be a report, but uh, I'm calling it. Uh, Emily Kaplan is telling us this, that uh, that there is a, a deal in place between Vegas and Barry Trotz, and it just hasn't been announced. I'm not sure it's really to that stage yet. Uh, I have no doubt that Vegas will uh, certainly be interested in conversing with Barry Trotz, just like Barry Trotz has talked to uh, everybody else. But whether it's got to the point of a deal in place, uh, I doubt at this stage. Uh, It may happen, but I don't think it's reached that stage yet. Yeah, I I think that it's noteworthy because it's really maybe the first concrete or one of the first concrete – reports out there of the Golden Knights having a conversation with anybody. Like, this yeah. has been a very, very tightly held um, search for the Vegas Golden Knights, and, and I think that's a good thing. But, you know, the fact of the matter is we we just haven't really had much to go on in, in which direction the Golden Knights are trying to go or who they're talking to about the coaching vacancy. But, uh, you know, I am not terribly surprised, I guess, that – the Golden Knights would do their due diligence and talk to Barry Trotz. Whether or not a deal comes to be, that's that remains to be seen. But it looks like Barry Trotz is operating on his timeline, and whenever he makes his decision on where he's going to coach next, I think the rest of the dominoes will fall after that. 
Yeah, Barry Trotz will not be cheap wherever he coaches next season. He will be well compensated. Uh, reports from uh, Nick mm-hmm. Kiprios on the chirp uh, upwards of uh, six to six plus million dollars per season, which would be uh, a raise of uh, roughly two million dollars, which would be uh, like that's that's big in the coaching circuit. Like, it wasn't uh, that long ago where uh, coaches weren't making more than two. And and now we're upwards of, of six. And I, I think you've got uh, the National uh, Football League and Major League Baseball uh, to uh, credit for, for that one. But here's Elliot Friedman, uh, my buddy from Sportsnet. Uh, his take on Barry Trotz and what's happening right now. He said it's ground to a bit of a halt right now in the, in the coaching search for all the teams. Uh, several clubs have done their interviews, but a number of teams are waiting for Barry Trotz to make his decision on what his future will be, and then everybody will dive into, if the, if you don't get Barry, then you dive into your your second, your third, your fourth, and your fifth uh, candidates uh, because Barry's won a Stanley Cup. Barry's been around uh, a long time. Barry's uh, was on Team Canada staff uh, for the Olympics until the National Hockey League uh, decided not to participate. So uh, Elliot Friedman goes on to say that uh, from what he understands, uh, Barry Trotz has let it be known to teams that he's not in a hurry to make his choice and he won't make his decision until he's sure it's right for himself and his family. Here's the, here's the really interesting part. Uh, Elliot says he's spoken to Winnipeg. Barry Trotz has spoken to Winnipeg. Uh, he's spoken to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. He's spoken to Vegas. Uh, and he also, Elliot believes that he's spoken to Detroit, and he believes he's still going to speak to Dallas. That's a big, long list, uh, <laughs> all talking to uh, Barry Trotz. And all these teams I know, okay, there's a couple of teams that I know for sure has spoken to other candidates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't uh, for sure say how many people Dallas has spoken to, but a team like Philadelphia and a team like Winnipeg, uh, I'm, I'm more educated uh, on that process. Uh, they, they've had uh, multiple interviews uh, with people uh, gone down that path. But everybody has talked to Barry. And then I'll throw that uh, last caveat in from Kipper that that list of Dallas and Philadelphia and Detroit and Vegas and Winnipeg uh, can also be complemented by teams that still have coaches in place that are kicking the tires and kind of going, hey, what do you think of this? So it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's fascinating, and what a time to be uh, Barry Trotz. I'm a little surprised that it's so one-sided. Uh, and and we are talking uh, uh, the Barry Trotz factor here uh, because there's other Stanley Cup champions available right now. Like Claude Julian just just won a silver medal at the World Championship. Uh, you've got uh, somebody like uh, Mike Babcock who who's available. I, I'm a I'm a little bit uh, uh, eyebrow raised as to more attention not being showered on them. And that it's so hot on Barry uh, coming off the situation and the experience in Long Island. I mean, I, I don't want to use the phrase shiny new toy because I know that there are certain connotations that go along with that. But the fact of the matter is, like, I, I don't think anybody really expected Barry Trotz to be available this, this offseason. So if you're an organization that decided to make a move, if you're an organization that you know has moved on from your coach and you're looking at the, the prospect and the possibilities, 
I think that it's pretty natural to hold out hope for as long as possible that you can land the big fish. You can land what many believe or who many believe to be the best coach in the game right now. So I'm not surprised. I'm not shocked that there is kind of a holding pattern right now because it's one of those situations. We see it every, every, you know, every year with free agency, you have one marquee player or one marquee coach. And until it becomes very clear, that's not a possibility. You don't start working your second and third plans until that is taken off the table. So I'm not terribly surprised right now that it's the Barry Trot show and everything else is happening on the periphery. Of course, this conversation right now is inspired by Emily Kaplan mentioning that uh, she believed that there was some kind of deal in place between Vegas and, and Barry, but she went on to kind of water that down a little bit by adding uh, Vegas is is uh, tightly guarded and we'll see what happens at the end. Like uh, it, it's the headline sounds dramatic. But the actual reporting or the statement mm-hmm. is a lot more vague. So I don't want to put too much stock into it, but I do because we are in Vegas and the VGK Insider Show, and the next big word out of Vegas will be the hiring of a coach. We have to uh, pay uh, a little bit of time and uh, and credit to, to Emily's reporting because she is tied in. Now, let's look at it from the we know from the team angle, we discussed that. Barry is the top of the the chase board. Uh, and mm-hmm. from the Barry standpoint, I think some of these teams, he's interviewing them as every bit as much or more than they're interviewing him uh, because mm-hmm. he is that much sought after. So he wants to make sure everything's uh, right when he signs a deal. If you've got... These teams, Winnipeg, Detroit, Dallas, uh, Philadelphia, Vegas. If if those are the teams that you're looking at, that are that want to sit down and talk to you, you've got them out on the table. Now you're going to do the you know the list of good and the list of bad. What has the best possibility for Barry Trotz? Like which one is? If everything's equal, is he not putting mm-hmm. Vegas at the top of his list? Now, I don't know whether Vegas I mean, it, like necessarily wants to go down that path, but from a Barry Trot standpoint, mm-hmm. is Vegas not at the top of his list? Well, I mean, if you want to win, I, okay. I think it has to be. Right. Like, you, you, you start to go through all these different factors too, because it's not just a, a decision for Barry Trotz, a decision for his family. It's it's where you want to live, all that other stuff. Like, it's hard to beat Vegas, generally speaking. But then you add the talent pool that Barry Trotz would would have available to him behind the like, behind the bench. Like, yeah, I I would have a hard time believing that you're going to lean toward Detroit over Vegas or Winnipeg over Vegas. I, I just have a hard time believing that. Rank those teams for me. So you've got Philadelphia, write write it down. See Philadelphia, because yeah. it's it mm-hmm. the weird part, it unusual part. It's as many teams for the longest period of time. Like there's there's vacancies, but those vacancies get filled, and you might have a, a mm-hmm. four or five teams, but then you're down to three really quickly or two really quickly because uh, because there's there's hiring. Uh, this has been uh, a list that's gotten bigger and bigger. Uh, as we've gone along, and it's 
like just stagnant right now with with what they're doing. So you've got Winnipeg, you've got Vegas, mm-hmm. you've got Detroit, you got Philly, you've got Dallas. Who am I missing? Anybody there? I mean, you can give me the names of the teams that are are thinking about making a change, but th- this no, is what we'll we just have deal with. We'll just deal so, so, so we got yeah. Vegas at the top. If yeah, if if you're if you're picking a chance to, to win, then uh, mm-hmm. I would go Detroit at the bottom. If you're if you're talking about winning, <laughs> this is nothing about the Red Wings people. I know there's a lot of Red Wing fans around and listening. This is not a comment on the Red Wings organization. It's not. This is purely who's got the best chance to win in the shortest period of time. All right. Basically, what we're doing is power rankings. Yeah. Uh, power rankings on Barry yeah. Trotz. Uh, uh, options. The, in between, it's Dallas, Philadelphia, and mm-hmm. Winnipeg. Who's who's so, next behind Vegas? So or do you want to work in the, on go, the way up? Well, that, that's probably. Bad. I mean, we both agree that it's Vegas and Detroit. Okay, okay. Vegas at the top, Detroit at the bottom. Um, who's just ahead of? Let's Detroit. go bottom up. Yeah. Yeah, it's Philadelphia. It's okay. Philadelphia. Like, I, I think that there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I don't know that winning is going to happen in the next two years. So, uh, to me, it's Detroit, Philadelphia. That's that's uh, Those are the, the bottom feeders. Makes sense situation. because both those teams Golden missed Knights the playoffs. At, yeah, yeah, of course. Now you get into a question between the Dallas Stars and the Winnipeg Jets. Like, Dallas has a lot of talent. Same thing with Winnipeg. It's all about what you think you can pull out of those teams and whether or not you think you can get them into the playoffs and doing some damage. The Dallas Stars went to the playoffs. They had a very interesting first round in that they went to seven games, but it was all because of Jake Ott. Um And the Winnipeg Jets missed the playoffs. So I have but no may have issue a better goalie. you go Winnipeg. De- right. That Well, yes. They have a more proven goaltender at yep. this level. Like Jake Ottinger could be phenomenal. Yep. He could also be subpar next year. We just don't know. There's not enough games. There's not enough sample size for Jake Ottinger to believe that he is a true number one just yet. So I would have it Dallas above Philly, Winnipeg right below Vegas. So so mine going from bottom to top would be Detroit, Philadelphia, Dallas, Winnipeg, Vegas. So those are the power rankings based on the VGK Insider Show looking through the lens of Barry Trotz, of the the teams that he's talked to, the teams that he's uh, looking at for his next stop in the National Hockey League. And I'm, I'm a little surprised that he didn't consider taking some time off, but that doesn't appear to be the issue. Like, I, I think Pete DeBoer is going to take uh, a step back. He's 14 years. He's been in the league. I, uh, he's probably um, not in a big hurry uh, right now to go down this path, which is why, like, it's Barry Drotson and 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 everybody else. Uh, so if, if Barry's looking at it purely on us, like, where can I win a Stanley Cup, my my second Stanley mm-hmm. Cup? Among these openings, we've got Vegas number one, then Winnipeg, Dallas, Philadelphia, Detroit. Is there another factor that could influence this now his fra- family mm-hmm. Ve- Vegas it has uh, the all Vegas reputation but we all know that that's a very small part of this valley uh, mm-hmm. so yeah. I think that 
plays it down. Winnipeg, the perceived advantage there for Trotz is he's a Manitoba guy. Went to the University of Manitoba and, and played college hockey there, and or sorry, coached there and played college hockey there and coached in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League. There's a tie in there that you can spin. But there's also something about going home where everybody knows you and you're going to have to have a suite every night and rotate it because everybody's mm-hmm. going to want your tickets and you can't, can't walk down the street. And Winnipeg is a, a very small market. Dallas. Dallas is the wild card. Philadelphia is trying to grow, but not there yet. Now, he'll know Philadelphia very well because of the inside the same division. And then Detroit, Steve Eisman calls, you got to listen there. Is there anything else that influences you there that could possibly change your rankings beyond just the best chance to win? Well, I think it, it kind of piggybacks off of what you just said, and that's Steve Eiserman, right? Like, I, I think you you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning and what they've been able to do, and if you believe in what Steve Eiserman is building right now in Detroit, and if you believe that you can be the guy that takes this organization back to the promised land and you can work with Steve Eiserman in building what should be at some point here, uh, the next team to, to really build the right way and go on a run, then maybe that's something. You, you know, I, I, I think that Barry Trotz, given the the appropriate amount of rain in Detroit, could be intriguing. Um, but again, like I, I think that it, it, if you're looking at it from that perspective, um, you have to be okay with not winning. And, and I don't know that Barry Trotz is okay with not winning. Like, why would he be? Why well, he shouldn't? This stage of his Stanley career, Cup. like every every season that you're in the league, should be with the objective of winning a Stanley Cup. I don't know that any coaches. I mean, there's some certainly that that will take any job in the NHL or a job in the NHL. And yeah. It's not to suggest that Detroit is a bad job. I'm just saying if you're at Barry, if you're at the stage Barry Trotz is in right now. You're looking to win Stanley Cups. You're not looking to yeah. maybe compete in two or three years. You just simply want to win. And you know, to me, I, I think family uh, comfortability is important for sure, um, which is why I, I would, again, put Vegas right at the top of that list. If you've lived here, if you've spent any time here outside of the Strip, you know what type of community this is here. Um I, I mean, I, I'm biased for sure, but I don't think that there's a better situation right now to win and to have all of the amenities of living in a big city but also a small market than, than Vegas brings to the table. Like, it's the perfect opportunity and perfect situation. Now, can I throw a dark horse or a wrench into the plan? Yeah, you do it every day. Florida. Okay. Does that change things? Because I, I mean, it, it, yes, it does. Like as much as I gush about the the Vegas Golden Knights, as much as I talk about a team in in Vegas that has all the tools you will need if you're Barry Trotz to win, it's hard to argue that the Florida Panthers wouldn't be another opportunity or destination for Barry to go if they were looking to hire a head coach. If they were looking to move on from Andrew Brunette and they were calling Barry Trotz, I think it's a very, very difficult decision between Florida and Vegas. That's the only one that can compete with Vegas and Winnipeg. 
And I don't mm-hmm. discount Winnipeg because of the Manitoba connection. Uh, and Barry's never coached in Canada in his career. Is that a help or is that a hindrance? Like, y- y- you get down here and you get comfortable. You've been in Portland forever uh, in and uh, with the, the American Hockey League. And then you go to Nashville and then for 15 years and uh, you win a Stanley Cup in, in Washington. And, and we know what happened in Long Island. Like, is, is that necessarily a draw to go back to Canada? I don't know, but the 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 patriot in me thinks it could be uh, certainly. Uh, so I, I'm I'm gonna give it a give it a check mark. So I'm gonna go Vegas and Winnipeg. Vegas with a, a slight advantage because of the win right now possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, Winnipeg tugs on the heartstrings, and then everybody else. And I don't think that if, if Barry's got his choice of choice, now there's different factors. You could get uh, all kinds of incentives or uh, partial management, say, or there's all kinds of things that could sway you. Uh, if you really want them, you could you could give up. Uh, money, uh, certainly, uh, will will have an impact in this. But uh, I'm trying to leave all of that out and and, and try to look at uh, at the more, uh, the factors that, that we can control. And the with the possibility of Florida entering the mix. And if Florida's in the mix, well then then he's got a decision between Vegas mm-hmm. and Florida. That's a legitimate decision. Uh, with Winnipeg being the 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 uh heartstring. So I boy, it's intriguing, isn't it? Now I don't know whether it is whether he whether he, he even whether Vegas wants Barry. They'll talk to him for sure. I don't know whether Barry wants Barry. I don't know whether whether Barry wants Vegas. Uh, but when you look at it right here, you go just and and systems and style of play and everything comes comes into it. those are the uh, deeper conversations. But we're looking at it from thirty thousand feet. Uh, boy, the 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 man of the hour right now. It's 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 hard, Barry, for you to go past Vegas. Include now. I will say this. Do you guys have any issue with with Barry having won the Stanley Cup here? Does that bother you at all? No, no, no. Me neither. Absolutely Me neither. not. No, but but I have talked to people that have, that have brought it up. I don't think it has any. If you can hire Pete DeBoer from your biggest rival, then you can hire mm-hmm. Barry Trotz. Like no <laughs> issue at all on that front. But that's it, kind of like one of the things that was, that is in the room swirling around that I, that I wanted to make sure I mentioned. Okay, the fact of the matter is, I think hiring Pete DeBoer at the time the Golden Knights did, it, it was a bigger shockwave for fans than hiring Barry Trotz five years later. Like, it, it's not going to be as divisive. It's not going to carry the same weight. It's just not. Even though it was for a, a, a bigger prize, the ultimate prize, it, it's not going to uh, hit the same as it did when Pete DeBoer was hired by the Golden Knights. It's just not. Now. We've got FOMO, as reported by by Nick Caprios with me, uh, that teams are reaching out to Barry while they still have a head coach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you think of any of those teams that, that might be? Like Florida would be one of them. I think that, that Bill Zito very possibly, uh, that, that would be logical, 
that he's got an interim yeah. head coach, why wouldn't he uh, reach out and, and, and talk to, to Barry Trotz or his agent? Uh, so there's, there's one. Uh, I don't want to miss out on this guy, even though I've got a coach. I don't want to miss out on this guy. Is there anybody else that you can think of that might be on that FOMO list that still has a coach that may knock on the door and go, mm, what do you think about this? Anaheim's one. Um, yeah, I love Dallas. I, mean, I love Anaheim Dallas. Probably, Anaheim probably needs to be on that list just simply because – at some point, you have to change the messaging. I would imagine. Um, so I hope they like don't. Anaheim I, I hope Anaheim stays put. I hope Anaheim stays put with with Dallas. But I, I think that there's going it, next season probably doesn't matter. Like it just didn't. I don't think that the Anaheim Ducks are going to be able to turn it to, into the type of season they're going to need to get to the playoffs. Um, like I'll be honest with you, and this isn't going to sit well with probably anybody uh but the seattle kraken like if i'm seattle in this moment i i know that i'm just a year into the league i know that i made my decision to go with dave haxtall the fact of the matter is if you can find a way to get barry trots if you can find a way to to improve your team through in my opinion the best coach in in the league then i would go down that direction because it, it could turn seattle from a team that you know, is is kind of building towards something to a team that might have a, a an identity a little bit cleaner, a little bit faster than they would ordinarily. So, I, if I'm Seattle, I'd kick the tires on Barry Trotz. One hundred percent. Let me let me ask you guys another one, Brian. You and me talked about this last week a little bit, but hold on before you go on Seattle, uh, off Seattle. Barry Trotz coached an expansion team, and he coached it for a long time uh, out of the mm-hmm. gate with the Nashville Predators. And I hope that uh, Dave Haxall's left. Because I heard Dave Haxall was in town, so uh, I I hope uh, that he's not listening to the show right now as we as we speculate about his replacement. So there's just a couple of notes on Seattle, but that's if if Dave uh, was in the running for the job last year and Barry Trotz was available, I think it's a, it's a much tougher decision for Ron Francis to go with Dave over over Barry Trotz. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, big men. So me and Ryan, we we talked about it, kicked the tires on it a little bit last week, and and now that they have advanced out of the second round, is the seat still hot for Jared Bednar if they don't win the Stanley Cup? Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. I, I think he's good. Uh, personally, I think he's good, but anything can uh, can happen. I it's probably how you go out. Uh, like the Florida Panthers get swept. In the second round, they won their first series since 1996. You think there'd be celebration there, but they get swept, and there's all kinds of uh, speculation we have uh, leading the way on that because we are industry leaders on on these on the future of uh, what's going to happen with Andrew Burnett, their interim head coach. If they go seven games with Tampa and and lose, well, that's that's uh, like they did a year ago. That's a much different narrative. So I, I think it's probably the same with Jared Bednar. Now, we're just starting the Western Conference Final. There's all kinds of optimism and excitement around this series. But if it's a quick series and you're on the wrong end of it, yeah, I think that there could be uh, definitely uh, more speculation than anticipated by getting over the hump and getting to the, to the uh, third round. 
Yeah, I'm with Darren on this one. You got to go deep into this round. Like if Colorado loses, but they lose in six or seven, I think Jared Bednar is perfectly fine. But if they flame out, like if they look disjointed and and the Edmonton Oilers roll them, then I think that the the same questions we have about the Colorado Avalanche have to pose themselves over the course of the offseason, especially if by that point, Barry Trotz is still available. One team we haven't mentioned is Chicago. Does Chicago have a role in all of this? Or are they more like the Detroit's, uh, the teams that, that didn't make the playoffs? Given the fact that um, the, the, na- the word rebuild has been bandied about quite a bit with the Chicago Blackhawks and how much that is uh, drawing the ire of Jonathan Taves, I don't think Barry Trotz makes any sense for the Chicago Blackhawks because, again, you should want to win and you're not going to win with that roster anytime soon. Uh, one of the teams on the FOMO list that I have, so you guys you guys have Seattle, and mm-hmm. and I've, uh, I've thrown out Anaheim. I'll cap it off. Boston. There's been some mm-hmm. strong comments from management there uh, talking about uh, having to change the way that they play. Uh, with Butch Cassidy, I, who is awesome and has done an amazing job there, got to a Stanley Cup final with Game <laughs> Seven. Like, like it's like he's been fabulous. But there's uh, without per- Patrice Bergeron, uh, are they the same team? And and it's it's hard for me to to say that they would be because he's a Hall of Famer, even though he's at the tail end of his career. So, do you change your style and do you change your coach? if Patrice Bergeron retires this year. And I think a lot of the decision-making in Boston will revolve around what Patrice Bergeron does and will make it easier to make a change and justify that change if Bergeron uh, does retire. Is Boston a team that could potentially upset our order if they enter the mix in the pursuit of Barry Trotz? Uh to a degree, yes, yeah. but I think that that depends on who comes to a decision first. Will it be Barry Trotz or will it be Patrice Bergeron? And I don't think mm-hmm. that the Boston Bruins are going to really rush the decision for Bergeron. So um, I don't think the Boston Bruins are going to be in on Barry Trotz, but that's just the, the read I have on it. Well, I, I don't think Seattle makes a change, but I wouldn't hesitate to to uh to put my hat in the ring of Anaheim because they've got a new general manager kicking the tires on, on Barry and the based on the comments from uh Sweeney and uh the the Seabass uh with uh, with what they've said out of Boston uh then yeah I I would put those two teams in the mix of teams that have uh quietly uh behind closed doors gauged interest and that that puts you up to six eight teams which is almost a third of the national hockey league which is wild and vegas being one of them so we got uh we got a lot to we'll we'll follow with uh, with great interest i don't think i'd be surprised that uh that anything necessarily happens in the next few days uh in fact i don't know uh, whether we're even close to a decision on any of these teams unless they get a hard no from Barry, if Barry starts paring down his list and starts telling uh, Detroit, 
uh, that he's not interested or Chicago that he's not interested, they move, may move on and, and make an announcement. But I, I don't think uh, for, for the, the big clubs or bigger clubs, uh, I don't think we're, we're necessarily close to uh, to any type of announcement. I, and I wish I could tell you more about, about Vegas, but uh, I'm going off uh, the Elliott and the, the, uh, some of the Emily Kaplan reporting there. Yeah, I, I don't think you're you're wrong in that. Uh, maybe we see movement around the periphery uh, if Barry starts informing teams that it's not yeah. going to happen. And then if there are or if there are hires or if there is movement there, how much does that kind of put pressure on the teams that are still in the Barry Trotz sweepstakes if their second and third opportunities all of a sudden start picking other teams? That'll be fascinating to watch over the next, uh, I'd say, probably two weeks. Uh, what a great uh, series it was uh, in the second round between Colorado and St. Louis and all the intrigue. And maybe it went deeper uh, with the St. Louis goaltending dilemma than a lot of people thought. Uh, but we're going to actually focus on that series, but not where you'd expect. Uh, we're going to dive into that feud between Nazem Kadri and Jordan Binnington because Naz had his say while he was live on uh, TNT uh, about the water bottle being tossed. And it was one of those little, little it wasn't like a... a, a water bottle that they use on the bench. Uh, it was one of those little plastic water bottles, from what I'm uh, told. So there, I don't think anybody was in any danger in, in this. Uh, but we're going to get uh, Jordan Binnington's side of the water bottle toss, plus Sam and Ash on the impact of fantasy football and dealing with your feuds in a public manner. Uh, that's awesome. The legal minutes uh, coming up with Sam and Ash. We got all kinds of great, what you might call like childish, immature interactions yeah but i love it because i'm a little bit childish and immature uh ryan's the uh the, the very mature person on this program it's the vgk insider show on fox sports las vegas no chance to shoot for stevenson centered michael scores it's time for the play of the day on the vgk insider show let's do it uh, what a performance by the new york rangers who Finally solved the ticket uh, to winning in Carolina as they upset the Hurricanes in the decisive Game 7 in Raleigh. Fox will try to advantage yet again and a goal! Tipped in by Kreider! Another power play goal for New York and a 2-0 lead, 8 minutes in. Well, two power play goals in Game 6, two power play goals already in Game 5. Chris Kreider, 26 power play goals in the regular season. Look at number three here, that's Seth Jarvis. He's in some distress going to the bench. The Canes have too many men on the ice. After Zibanejad one-times this shot, look how Kreider makes himself available. Around the back of the net, the Canes don't account for him, lifts his own right foot so it doesn't hit himself, deflects it by Ranta in the Ranger power play. Uh, there was all kinds of injuries. You heard Ray Ferraro talking about Seth Jarvis uh, crawling <laughs> off the ice. Uh, he got uh, plastered by Jacob Truba, mm -hmm. and then off went the New York yeah. Rangers. And Antti Ranta was also injured yesterday. Yes, you, you kind of, unfortunately, you, you're always wondering whether Ranta is going to be able to stay healthy. And uh, he was uh, for that entire series until Game 7. And Rod Brindamore said after he wouldn't have been able to play in a third round. So uh, I don't uh, maybe, maybe from a competitive standpoint,
point, it's uh, it's better that uh, the New York Rangers won because at least they're healthy and they got everybody going because it sure sounds like uh, Carolina would have been uh, in tatters going to the third round had they been able to survive. Yeah, I mean, you would have you would have been looking at whatever Frederick Anderson would be able to do if he was able to return for the Western or for the Eastern Conference Final or Pyotr Kochikov. So, like, I, to me, I, I think that maybe there's a degree of truth there, Darren, when you say for the sake of the Eastern Conference Final, maybe it's it's the best thing that the Rangers did move on. Uh, but I mean, the Carolina Hurricanes, like. Not winning a single game on the road through two rounds. Oh, boy, that's rough. Explain that. Good team, great coach. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Like it, 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 And, like, underlying numbers, like the metrics, not vastly different between their home and road splits. Like, they, they just couldn't find a way they couldn't do it and I, I don't know why like it, it would probably be easy to just say well you don't get the matchups and and blah 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 but I, I think that it was just one of those statistical anomalies that happened through the first two rounds and the Carolina Hurricanes couldn't find a way to win a game six and that's what they needed to do how's your bracket looking oh my my bracket's terrible Darren like yeah. I, I went I went like for the home run I went for the grand slam um, but I'll tell you this, we get to repick for each round. So okay. whether or not your teams didn't get through or the team that you had winning the Stanley cup, Calgary didn't make it to the conference final, even, uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to, to pick your two winners from the conference final later on in the show. Uh, we'll do that uh, in our number two of the VGK insider show, which is great because, uh, my choice of Calgary winning the Stanley Cup is going to be very difficult to come to fruition uh, at this point after the Edmonton Oilers uh, dismantling of the Flames. And what a series we have. Uh, McDavid uh, against uh, McKinnon and uh, Kadri against uh, Kane in the Western Conference. And we know that the Tampa Bay Lightning going for a third straight championship and a great line out of John Cooper that I want to tell you about, uh, which sums up where the Tampa Bay Lightning are. But up next, it's the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash coming up on the VGK Insider Show. And this one involves baseball and fantasy football on a hockey show. It's perfect, and it's a little bit childish, which... Fits right into my back pocket. BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the BGK Insider Show. Oh, we got a good one for you today. It's the BGK Insider Show. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman. Is uh, Sam with us? And uh, I'm immature. Uh, everybody knows that. Uh, I get uh, little giggles out of uh, out of goofy little things. And we've got a fantasy. Fo- I, I play fantasy football league. I get right into it. I get uh, upset when people rub it in. But I've never heard of this before, uh, Sam. Where Cincinnati Reds outfielder Tommy Pham, who uh, we know uh, around town, uh, he's been suspended three games for slapping giant slugger Jock Peterson over an alleged fantasy football league beef, beef. Like, uh, so g- give me your first, uh, your your 30,000 feet uh, thoughts on this, and then we'll get into uh, damages and the severity of this slap over a fantasy football league beef. Well, you, you know what's funny? We think of these guys as athletes, but they're just dudes, yep. you know, with the same beef that we, we have, but they're also intensely physical, right? Their job 
I mean, I have an office job. You have an office job, essentially. It's not, it's not a physical deal. And, but these guys have a lot of energy, a lot of testosterone, a lot of, you know, pressure and anger management problems. So at any rate, it's, it's actually surprising this kind of stuff doesn't happen more often. Uh, but I saw the video and he really did slap him and it was a, it looked like a pretty hard slap to me. So, you know, there's some legal repercussions. So Fam gets the three games, but can he go after? Uh, uh, can Jock go after Fam for anything more? Yeah, he can. I, he's got it's a you know it's a it's an assault, it's assault and battery. You've got damages, some kind of damages, probably not big damages. And the reality is, he probably won't. Right. I don't think. And generally, in these cases, you know, when if it's something you just can shake off and, you know, and now with an athlete, right, their, their body is their livelihood. So, you know, it, it, health is wealth, but in particular, if you've got a big contract, right? So you, you have to, it'll come down to what the doctors say. Now, I would say if, 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 an, if something like this caused an injury that then threw off uh, the jock's ability to, to play and be valuable, then I think he's, he's got a case. And in most jurisdictions, for example, here in Nevada, you have two years to file a personal injury case. So he has two years to figure out if this thing has affected him in any way. Chances are it hasn't. It's going to go away. And it's a funny story. And and uh, and that's the end of it. Oh, Ryan, if he went into a big slump, I bet he'd be looking at it. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of the question, right? It, 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 you know, there's physical damages, but then there's kind of emotional distress, right? Like, it, it, it could be, it should be, I think, for everybody involved, embarrassing, but perhaps more so for Jock. Like, if, could he go down that avenue, say he's unable to perform because of emotional distress? Can that be an avenue that he takes to seek da- uh, to seek damages? I mean, yes, but practically, I don't I don't see it happening, and, and I come back to that guy on the airplane that got pummeled by Mike Tyson and we all sat around not feeling bad for him at all because he was being, you know, a little, a little, you know, something. So, you know, and in the end he declined to press charges. He's probably not going to sue even though he got hurt because it's just, he's, it's the whole incident's embarrassing and he wants to put it behind him. And I, and I would tell him if he was consulting with me as a lawyer, that guy or jock, I would say, look, if you have real damages, if you have actual injuries to your career and to your health, then yeah, you, you need to hold uh, you need to hold this guy accountable. But but if you if you if you don't, I'm not a frivolous lawsuit kind of lawyer. Uh, some of my colleagues are. I, I just don't do that. I don't file cases for no good reason. It has to be there has to be merit to the suit. You have to have actual damages. Uh, for me to to handle it, and a, and and a lot of lawyers out there for them to handle it. So that's really what it's going to come down to. And and like I said, the good news is, in most jurisdictions, you have a couple years to figure it out. Here in Nevada, you got two you got two years. In California, you've got two years. Some places you've only got a year uh, before you have to file a suit or lose your recovery rights. But that gives you enough time to to figure out if if there is an emotional injury, if there is a physical injury. But then these guys are in sports, and do they really want to go on the record uh, that they have an emotional injury? I mean, they're going to get laughed out of the locker room. So there's things like that, too, I'm sure, that factor into this. 
And so interesting to watch, and we'll see how it plays out. Amazing. You don't want to be chirped. Uh, that does still play uh, a role in everything. It's Sam and Ash uh, with the Legal Minute. Uh, Sam's with us today. 702-820-1234. SamandAshLaw.com. Ryan? So, like, Darren said something to me before we brought you on about the, the slaps, right? Like, why, why if, if it was such a, a big beef, if it was so important for Tommy Pham to confront Jock Peterson in that situation, like, why go with the slap? Like, I, does does it seem <laughs> weird that, yeah. that that the slap is the direction that you go in that situation? Well, slap or, is the like, new punch. Why? Yeah, yeah just it's ask, weird, uh, right? ask Chris Rock. I mean, exactly. Uh, the whole Will Smith thing. I mean, just I, I don't. It's not popular right now to talk about you know gender differences, but you know when I when I was when I was a lad. You know the, um, the 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 men punched each other when they had a beef. Uh, now they apparently slap each other. Go figure. I I I think I think it's odd too. But the the reason why it's it's a great question. It's a technical question. I would assume that a slap will do less damage. You know, in terms of moving your head and doing you know just causing causing injury than a closed fisted punch. I, I think. So I, it, you know, it, to me that's good news here for for Jock that he probably didn't get hurt permanently. So you got to push, you got to shove. Uh, that's the same thing. You got to slap, you got to punch. Is well, they're all of, they're all bad. Those are all bad. Those all, are all, all batteries, bad. right? But, it's just, it's very exactly. interesting. They're it's all legally technically batteries. It's a harmful or offensive touching of another without privilege or consent. Our it's charge, a battery. Our Doesn't charges, matter if it's any of those. Are charges more likely, Sam, uh, to be laid? Uh, by a punch, by a slap, by a, a push or a shove? I, I'm curious because they are all the same in, in technical. Yeah, well, it, it's what results from it that matters. Okay. So I've seen, you know what, I've seen, well, look, I mean, a shove doesn't sound bad unless you shove the person off of a subway platform into an oncoming train, and then you're going to get charged with murder. Mm. So, um, so that, you know, it matters what happens. You know, there's... There, there have been a lot of alarming stories, including one here in Vegas recently where some poor guy on the strip got punched by an angry dude. He was an off-duty right. cop visiting, and he, and he literally died. Yeah. So what matters is the result, and I would tell everybody, don't go around punching, shoving, kicking, hurting people. Deal with your anger and, and, and don't act out on it because that impulse could get you into very, very, very serious trouble. You never know when what seems to be an innocuous kind of, you know, just blowing off steam and being testosterone-driven and, you know, and doing some kind of making contact with another, another person could result in them being grievously injured. And don't hold grudges in fantasy football. Do you play fantasy football, Sam? You know what? I do occasionally when, when I do I participate, and I kind of forget about it. Yeah. And sometimes I'm surprised. I love how surprised I get when I start to win. I'm like, I... <laughs> I didn't, you know, I just, I just put some, put some squares out there, you know. I just, I uh, it. you know, I love it. Uh, thanks for doing this. Seven zero two eight two zero one two three four salmonashlaw dot com uh, because you deserve what's right. Salmonashlaw dot com. Uh, Sam, you have a great week, and I love our visits because I get to learn so much. Oh, thanks, guys. Well, listen, you two enjoy, appreciate it, and uh, talk to you soon. 
Right. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm not going to slap it. I'm not going to push. I'm not going to do anything to anybody. But I do get uh, a little emotional over the Fantasy Football League team, especially when uh, I put all the work into it and then somebody forgets to put their roster in and they still beat me yeah. and then hurt me. That is when my blood starts to boil a little bit. And I don't, it's irrational. Sweet. It is. It's irrational. I don't know yeah. why I do it, but yeah. it bugs me and I get a little bit uh, perturbed. You be that guy. I got to find sure. a way. I got to find a way into your fantasy football league because now I know you're kryptonite. You know what? It, uh, we'll 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 mm-hmm. take you. Uh, Lawless was in mm-hmm. last year, and uh, and he like he was lame. It was awful. Uh, he was like he, he did. He hardly put any work into it. And when he did, he thought he was really good, but he wasn't really good. So uh, yeah. if you want to, Chapman, Ooh. you too. If you guys want to come in our fantasy football league team, uh, love to have you. Yeah, it'd be fun. Be a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, I'm the reigny champion, so uh, I think I control uh, a lot. Oh, well, Garrett's really the uh, the commissioner of it, but uh, I I like I I think that I speak for uh, so many people. Uh, we're going to get into the Jordan Bennington. Speaking of childish and uh, and goofy, but uh, <laughs> but something that I'm all in favor of and would 100 percent do myself. Uh, the follow up mm-hmm. between Bennington and Kadri and that tossing the little water bottle uh, during a live TV interview. That's all coming up, and we'll get into our uh, predictions for the third round, the conference finals of the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Stay with us. This has been the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash. Visit them at SamandAsh.com because you deserve what's right.